Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for uh, January 19th, 2021. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also uh, my other podcast, The Big Topic of Women's MMA. Schwann Humes and I will be doing another one this Thursday. Okay, let's... Uh, uh, got a couple of videos up on the blog. Let's start with uh, the WWE I posted uh, last night video of Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. So when this match was announced on Friday, I knew they would introduce Alexa as the fiend. Okay. They never said that. I guess it was supposed to be a big surprise, right? But earlier in the show, Asuka appeared on Alexa's playhouse and Alexa seemed to have an invisible friend. Okay. So that was pretty awful. And the match really wasn't any better. The arena goes dark and they go to commercial, okay? When we cut return, Alexa looks completely different. So obviously, she's the fiend, but commentary is slow to pick up on this. Remember when Goofy would say, gosh, all the time? So Vince McMahon is telling them to do that, all right? What they should have said is, it's the fiend, it's not Alexa anymore, all right? And then it would have made more sense, but. They were told to be wishy-washy, and that's what they did. And the funniest part is Alexa didn't even do the Sister Abigail properly. <laughs> she messed it up. Asuka still sold it like a champ. So there's a lot of stupid stuff on Raw. It's like they think up stuff, and it looks good on paper, but it isn't properly executed. Okay, they should probably go back to basics, but Vince doesn't think he's producing a wrestling show anymore, and that's why he comes up with all this junk. Okay, and I think a lot of it is a product of no fans because a segment like this, if you got fans in the arena, they shit on it, you know, and you know, he's like, okay, they didn't like it, let's do something else, um, you know. And what upsets fans more than anything is treating your double champ as a jobber. I wouldn't have a problem with this if they built up to it, but remember, Alexa hasn't hadn't wrestled since November, so the whole thing was a bad idea, poorly executed. Okay, now got one other WWE thing I need to cover, and that's that on Sunday, Sari announced that she is finally coming to the WWE. So uh, this is great news because she's a, a really good wrestler. Okay, now her real name is Sari Fujimura, and uh, she's 24 years old. Uh, she's been a wrestler since she was uh, 15, so she's a very young veteran. That's the thing. She's a lot younger than either Asuka or Io, okay? And she's developed into a very good wrestler, okay? So the story is um, she signed with the WWE uh, in the fall of 2019. She was supposed to come last March, and due to the pandemic, uh, she wasn't able to come. So uh, what, she, what was she doing in the meantime? Well, at first, she was taking online English courses. And I think she spoke to Kyrie because I think she spoke to Kyrie Sane because uh, Sari was working on her um, cooking. Because uh, I know Kyrie, when she was here, she did all her own cooking because she didn't like the food here. So uh, she warned Sari about that to really work on her cooking. Then a few months ago, the WWE agreed to have let her uh, wrestle uh, uh, locally so she would keep in shape and keep sharp and all that sort of thing. And so that's what she was doing. So 
uh, on Sunday's uh, Pro Wrestling Diana show, and that's her primary um, uh, uh, company. She's uh, she was trained there. Uh, that Pro Wrestling Diana is owned by Kyoko Inoue and Karu Ito, who of course are both um, uh, legends from uh, All Japan Women. And Karu does all the training. Okay, I get keep get hearing people crediting. Kyoko Inoue with training her, but Kyoko doesn't train anybody. Uh, Karu does all of it, you know, so that's what she did when she was in AJW, too. Okay, so she's worked there all the time. So on Sunday's show, she announced that uh, her last show in Japan will be Friday, and that'll be on the Seedling show. She is currently the uh, tag team champs there with uh, Yoshiko, and they're going to lose the belt, obviously, to... um, Nane Takahashi and um, Arisa Nakajima. And it's kind of funny because... Uh, um, anyways, that's what they're going to do. She was supposed to appear on an Ice Ribbon show on Sunday, but she's canceled that out, and Nakajima will replace her. And so, like I said, she's a pretty good wrestler. Um, uh, the one thing I'll mention is uh, uh, she said in a, a YouTube interview last year that she will not be using the Sari name, which, by the way, that name is something that Kyoko came up, came up with. It's based on some Japanese TV show. So, but she's already said she's not using it, so I don't know if they're going to call her by her real name or come up with some other name. or I don't know. I don't think she's talked to them about it yet. So what happens is she's going to come to the U.S. Um, I'm following her on, her on Twitter, so I'll certainly know when she leaves. And when she gets to Japan, gets to Orlando... Uh, they'll have a house ready for her and she'll go into quarantine for 14 days. And after that, we can start talking about, they can start talking about what they're going to do with her. Now, my suspicion is the original plan for her was to be in the next May Young Classic and probably win it. And um, I think it's coming close to where they're, they're going to do that. They're doing a Dusty Rhodes uh, tag team classic for the women this year, but obviously... Uh, she's not going to be involved in that, I don't think. But I do expect her to be involved in the May Young Classic. So I like her. I mean, she's a good, she's become a really good wrestler. And the one thing she has, it's different. She has a different look than you see from either Asuka or Io or even Kyrie, where she has that girl next door look. And, you know, th- that's not a bad thing. So I look forward to seeing her in the WWE, probably at NXT for for quite a while. Okay. Now, we got UFC, before we get into the upcoming UFC shows, we got a couple of matches from the weekend we got to talk about, and that was on Saturday. There was a UFC show on Saturday in Abu Dhabi, and there was two women's matches on the show. Uh, the first one is uh, Jocelyn Edwards versus y- Wu Yanan. So, uh, this was supposed to be Betch Korea's retirement fight, but she had her appendix removed. She will return in the spring. Uh, Jocelyn was brought in on short notice. She is from Panama, but she lives in El Paso, Texas, and trains at King's MMA in El Paso and Champions in Mexico. Uh, I might add that I noticed in her uh, post-match interview, she does not speak English. She speaks Spanish. So most of her fights have been in Mexico. She is mainly a striker. Wu is from China, but she's not as good as the other Chinese fighters we have seen. She also missed weight at flyweight, so they have moved her up to bantamweight. I guess the bottom line is Jocelyn won the first two rounds and cruised a little at the, in the third. But 
Wu showed no urgency at all. I don't know if she will be released, but she's getting close to that. Uh, Jocelyn looked good, but obviously I want to see how she does against better competition. Uh, the second match was also at bantamweight. It it was uh, Vanessa Mello versus Sarah Morass. And Sarah is from Kelowna, BC, but she now trains at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. She's been in the UFC since Tough 18, but she's 3-5 and five in the UFC, and if she doesn't win, I expect her to be released. I guess she can go back to Kelowna and work for the post office. That's what she was doing before UFC. Vanessa is from Brazil. She is 0-3 in the UFC, so... On my, po- on my podcast, I jokingly called this a loser-leave-town match, okay? And the fight was awful, okay? It's the kind of fight that turns fans off of, w- of women's MMA, so I get very annoyed by matches like this. Sarah was the big culprit as she kept her distance. She threw a lot of punches, but very few landed. So I don't know what made her or her coach think she could win a fight doing that. And it led to her, and he lied to her after round two. He told her the fight was tied. I don't think Vanessa was much better, but at least more of her punches landed, and she bloodied Sarah's nose. So it doesn't make me think Vanessa can beat anyone who is good, and after an awful performance, the UFC must release Sarah Morris. Okay. So again, uh, I wanted to point out, uh, I covered these matches last on last week's podcast, but I want to mention again that tomorrow's UFC show is very early in the morning. The prelims will be starting at 9 a.m., okay? This, the show will be on ESPN+, and in Canada, the show will not be on TSN. It'll be on UFC Fight Pass. So if you have UFC Fight Pass, there you go. All right? I have it, of course. Now, we have on uh, um, Saturday, we have a big show. We have a big show, uh, UFC 257. Okay, so we all know what that's about. And we have three women's matches on the show, all right? So let's look at them. The first one uh, is on the main card. It is at Flyweight. It is Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. Uh, Jessica, of course, is from Cleveland, uh, but she trains now in Las Vegas. Uh, I think she's at Extreme Couture. And um, she's had a spotty record, but um, uh, she had some health problems. She had her gallbladder out uh, back in, I think, October or November or something like that. And so we'll see what she's like. She's primarily a striker. She really doesn't do anything else, and she doesn't throw hard enough to get a finish. Um, so, you know, we'll see what she's like. Uh, Joanne, of course, is from Scotland, but she now trains at, um, um, with John Wood in Las Vegas. They're an item as well. So Joanne had a chance had a chance at a title had a title shot, all lined up, and then she lost to Vanessa to um, uh, uh, Maya, and uh, she lost the title shot. So, man, you do something like that, I don't know what to tell you. So I expect it to be a competitive fight. They're both strikers, so it's going to be probably a kickboxing match, unless they do something I don't expect. All right. Okay, fight number two, also on the main card, is Amanda Ribas versus Marina Rodriguez. Now, this fight was supposed to be um, um, can't remember anything right now. 
fight was supposed to be Michelle Watterson against Amanda, Amanda Rebus. But Michelle pulled out, and Marina Rodriguez is the new opponent. So uh, Amanda, they're both from Brazil. Amanda uh, is 10 and 1. She's looked really good in the UFC. I personally think she's an elite fighter, okay? She trains with her father. She's trained with her father since she was a little girl. And uh, her last camp, she was over at um, American Top Team in uh, Coconut Creek, Florida, with the usual gang over there, Mike Brown and Conan Silvera and all those guys, okay? So, but she's an elite fighter. The unfortunate part is uh, uh, Michelle and also Carla Sparza are ranked much higher uh, than Marina Rodriguez. And so I would have liked to see her get a win against either of those two. But what they're doing is they're saving uh, Carla in case um, Rose Namahunas, uh, they can't come to an agreement for Rose to do the title fight with Zhang Veili. So they're saving Carla for that. So um, Michelle pulled out. Marina Rodriguez is the new opponent. Marina is also from Brazil. She was in Dana White's Contender Series, uh, the Brazilian edition. And uh, um, she's like, what is it? Two one and two draws. So the basic, I got Amanda winning this fight easy. The problem with uh, Marina is she's not a finisher. Like she's basically, you know, a striker with no power. And that's not going to cut it with Amanda, who's a much more well-rounded fighter. Okay. And, um, of course, she's got also, Amanda also has a lot of charisma. So that, that, she's great. Okay. All right. The third fight is on the prelims. It's at uh, Bantamweight. It is Sarah McMahon versus Juliana Pina. So, <laughs> would you believe that Sarah McMahon is 40 years old? Yeah. I can't believe it myself. Anyways, of course, we all know the deal with Sarah is that she um, uh, uh, was an Olympic wrestling champ. And as an MMA fighter, she's not that great. Okay. So what happened is that she moved from her old camp, which was in uh, North Carolina, I believe. And she moved to um, Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California, Uriah Faber's place. And uh, unfortunately for her, she suffered a knee injury while in training. And so she had to have knee surgery. So she came back from uh, knee surgery and she won her first fight. But I'm not convinced, okay? You know, Juliana had similar circumstances, you might say. Juliana, of course, was in tough 18. And then, um, you know, she's a pretty good fighter. She's originally from Tacoma and she lives in Chicago. She has a husband there who's a police officer. Now, what happened with her is she got pregnant. So she had the baby, she came back, and uh, she lost her last, she lost her last fight to, she lost her last fight to Jermaine Durandami. And it was her own damn fault where she got caught in a submission by somebody who doesn't know how to get, do submissions. So it's her own fault. The times that she's lost, in the UFC is basically carelessness. So what Juliana needs to do, because I think she's a good fighter, okay? What Juliana needs to do is tighten up her game and stop making mistakes, okay? Like I said, she has potential to be an elite fighter, but she makes mistakes. 
I think she's a better fighter than Sarah, so I expect her to win. But anything's possible. Sarah's no question she's bigger than Juliana. Okay? Anyways, that's this Saturday on... Uh, um, that's this Saturday on uh, UFC 257. And that's about it for today. If you uh, have any... Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And you would li- if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.